for those who did not have the opportunity to join us at Rehoboth. Tell somebody it was an experience. And if you didn't make it, repent that next year you can make it. Hallelujah. It is necessary because I believe very well that the people of God or the house of God, we, 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 you know, the truth and honesty is that we need to recognize the times that we live in. And the times that we live in requires times of waiting. Are you hearing me, church? The times that we live in require time of waiting. If you keep on the same pace as the world is going, you run, 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 run the course. And at the end, you will not make it to the place of victory. But the Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord. Many are the troubles and the the challenges of this world now. Every time you turn around, there is something else. If it's not Corona, it is something else. There are so many things that are happening in the world that we live in. And if you're not careful, you will be in the position that you will want to try to run ahead for the sake of your own safety. Because the world will push you to try to figure out that if I can do A, B, C, and D, then yes, I will be okay. But God's strategy is not according to the ways of the world. When the world is running fast pace, God says, Those who wait upon the Lord, he renews their strength. And today, I am also excited because we are entering into our new series. Tell somebody our new series. In the beginning of the year, the theme the Lord gave to us, the year to declare his praise. And this message of declaring his praise was broken up into three different concepts. One For the past, in the beginning of the year, we dealt with the essence of praise. Why praise is necessary in the life of the believer. Amen. And those who wrote notes, may the Lord richly bless you. Hallelujah. I see the amen is quiet in this house. Because the note takers are little sometimes. But after we dealt with the essence of praise... We then entered into another dimension of who is praise. Where we have spent the time to speak about the God that we praise. You can't praise an unknown God. But you have to praise a God that you know. Because the genuineness of your praise depends on who you know. If you don't know him, and the truth is this... Those who come from different parts of the nation or the world where there are royalties and kings, you realize that if you don't know the manner of how to present yourself before your king, you get yourself in trouble. In some tribes or some places, when you go before your king, you have to lay prostate. In some other places, when you go before your king, you have to kneel. In some places, it goes to the extent that you cannot even speak directly to the king. 
But it is necessary that the believers know who we give our praise to. And by the grace of God, this next months to come, we are going to deal with declare his praise. And declare his praise really deals with the people who do praise him. Now, I want us to take our scriptures to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And I want to read that very briefly. Amen. And the word of the Lord says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word. Say desire. The pure milk of the word. That you may grow therefore, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men. Rejected by who? Men. But chosen by God. Say chosen by God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up. Spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer a, a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believe on him will by no means be put to shame. I repeat, and he who believed on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. These, they stumble being disobedient to the word. To what? The word. Which, to which they were also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation. I said, but you are a chosen generation. The moment the word but came, it means that now whatever was before, there has been a transition. Those who had rejected the stone, the living stone, the Bible says they stumble. But there is a but. But you are. Not just anybody. Say, but me. I am a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And hear what the word of the Lord says in going on. He says, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous what, light. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Why? Because you are a special people. You are not just any ordinary person. But someone that is you consider special before God. For what purpose? To proclaim the praise of him. 
who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had, no, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. A chosen generation. Now, in the next couple of weeks, we are going to deal with the message upon the chosen generation. And I've been privileged to be given the subject and the title to cover chosen for intimacy. When we began first with the first Peter chapter 2 verses 1 going, we realized some key things that the Lord was teaching us here. One, it says, coming to him as to a living stone. It was revealing to us the one whom we have come to. That he is not just any ordinary person, but he is the living stone. He is a living what? Stone. Meaning that it's not any rock or any stone, but it's a stone that carries life. You didn't get me here. It was in that place of assurance that David could throw the stone towards Goliath. And that giant can come down. You have come to a living stone. Not just any ordinary stone. But a living word, stone. And he also said, but also chosen by God. Means that the person unto which we have come to is not just any ordinary person, but someone who has been chosen by who? God. And then... It continues in verses 5. You also a living stone. Revealing to us. He is a living stone. You also are now a living stone. He was chosen by God. And you also is a chosen generation. You didn't get me here. What God is doing that he's not putting any differences between his son Jesus Christ and you and I. You also a living stone. So the scriptures makes us understand in the book of 1 John chapter 4 verse 17 that as he is, so we are. I think not until the body of Christ accepts that message. We'll always keep lingering when it comes to our place of faith. As he is, so we are. So this morning, before I deal with the place of intimacy, I want to deal with briefly bringing your attention to the place of the chosen. It is necessary that you know that you are a chosen generation. When we speak about something being chosen, it is not something that we take for granted. Oh, come on now. When those who are from Africa, before you came here, you went to the embassy to get a visa, correct? Now, how you realize that when you went to the embassy to get a visa, there was a line of people, all with the same purpose. You didn't get me. But some way, somehow, Many were rejected. But you became chosen. 
And when you became chosen, even when you share your story sometimes with some people, you realize how you did not have enough skills to qualify. But some way, somehow, you were chosen. And I know that when you got chosen, some of you knew how to dance before God. You didn't need a worshiper to tell you how to praise God. You didn't need somebody to tell you how to dance before God. Even when you apply for a job, and you know that this job, I may not be qualified for it. But some way, somehow, you end up being chosen. You know how to testify about it. Because there is something about being chosen that you know that it is not based on accident. It is not based on chance. But you have been chosen for a purpose. Uh, I wish I had a church here. You see, the thing is this. Uh, I, because I do interviews a lot at work, I know very much. Uh, you see, when you, when, when you are trying to hire a candidate, there are things that you are looking at. Now, there are some people, they, all, they have everything that you need. And there are some people, they don't have enough of what you need. But some way, somehow, even though they don't have everything that is needed, there is something about how they walked in. There is something about how they spoke. There is something about how they thought. There is something about how they went about doing things. That you ask yourself, how can it be that I will let this person go? I want this person, I want the wisdom that this person has to be among my team. So they become chosen. So it does not happen by virtue of just chance. But it happens because there is a purpose needed for that very person to be chosen. So when God says that you were a chosen generation, it means that he has chosen your generation for a specific purpose. There is something about you that God has implanted in you that is necessary for your generation. Are you getting me here? There is something about you that makes you a chosen one. When you are chosen, it means among all people, you are chosen. So I want to just speak briefly to you about a young man who understood what it meant to be chosen for intimacy. For what? Intimacy. And we'll take our Bible to the book of Genesis where we find this young man whose name was Joseph. Genesis chapter 37 verses 5. If you are there, say amen unto Jesus. Genesis 37 verses 3 to 5. And the Bible says, Now Israel, who is Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children. Israel loved who? Joseph. More than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tonic of many colors. 
But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully of him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him what more. He was loved by his father, but his brothers hated him. And when we continue to read forth, we realize that because of that hatred, his brothers were willing, and they did, place him into the place of slavery. So this Joseph, who was the beloved of the father, is now in the condition of a slave. Now, as he was in the condition of slave, he ended up in the house of a master called Potiphar. Now, in that very house, Joseph had a time to be rescued because the wife of the master approached him to try to connive him a little bit, you know what I mean? And try to draw his attention to the things that may entice him as a man. But instead of Joseph looking for an escape to enjoy the world, you didn't get me. He was a slave. And an opportunity came for him to enjoy the things of this world. But instead of him enjoying the things of this world, the Bible says that Joseph chose to be on the side of God. He told the master's wife, how can I sin against my God? He found value in his walk with the Lord. And because he denied the enjoyment of the world, he was placed in prison. Say so he was placed in prison. And if you read Genesis 29, 39 verses 21, let's go there briefly. Verses 21. The Bible says, But the Lord was with Joseph, and he showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed Joseph and all the prisoners who were in the prison. Hear me. Whatever they did there, it was his what? Doing. So even in prison, God was with him. I say even in prison, God was with him. Now, in prison again, a time came that he had the opportunity to interpret a dream for the butler of the king and the baker of the king. But in the midst of it, the Bible says that after that interpretation of the dream, some way, somehow, the butler forgot about Joseph and did not remember this Joseph. Now, I want you to think about the fact that he had a dream about his own life. And in the midst of that dream, he saw greatness about his own life. But yet, everything that he's experiencing are things that does not bring positive to him. But he are things that all he sees are the negatives. Are you hearing me, church? In the midst of this, a time came when the Bible says, Pharaoh had a dream. And no one could interpret that dream. So then, Joseph was remembered. And Joseph came to the scene to interpret what 
God had revealed to the king, Pharaoh. And out of that, the Bible makes us understand the slave boy, the prisoner, became a prime minister. You see, you have to understand and take dominion of your place of intimacy. Because Joseph had every way to find a rescue. But even when he found a rescue, he denied the rescue. He did not make it about himself. That is why the Bible says in Genesis 50 verse 20, that as for you, he told his brothers, what you intended against me for evil, God intended for good. In order to accomplish a day like this, there is a day for the chosen one. There is a day for the chosen one. Now to experience that day, that very day, or for, the, for, the, for the chosen generation, you need to have the place of intimacy. Say intimacy. The next few minutes I want to deal with acknowledging who has chosen you. And two, desiring for intimacy. Acknowledge who has what? Chosen you. The first thing I want to speak about is Genesis 45 verses 1 to 8. If you can take your Bibles there with me. And I read. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried, making every gold out from, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. They heard his cry. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him. For they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph your brother. Say, I am Joseph your brother. And the Bible says, Whom you sold into Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourself. Because you sold me there. For God sent me before you to preserve life. I repeat. For God sent me before you to preserve what? Life. For these two years the famine has been in the land. And there are f still five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvesting. Verse 7. And God sent me before. I say what? God sent me before you to preserve a prosperity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. The Bible says that Joseph said to his brothers, do not be afraid, but come to me. Why? Because Joseph acknowledged the fact that what he went through was not because of his brothers. My God. God has sent him. Sometimes when we go through the struggles and the challenges, 
We think it is because of what somebody has done against us. But if you know that you are a chosen one, then you have to recognize that God has chosen you for you to go through this purpose. And you cannot alternate this purpose. There is no detour in this purpose. But you got to go through the purpose. Because it is through your going in the purpose that you get to the very place that you are not just chosen for yourself. But Joseph was not chosen for himself. But he was chosen to bring life. You didn't get me here. He said that you are a chosen generation. A living stone. Every stone that is alive has life in it. And if you are a living stone, then you provide life unto those who are lost. You give life to those who are dead. So your presence needs to bring life. Your presence needs to change situation. So you may go through the hardship. But in the midst of the hardship, if you can know that you are chosen for such a time like this, intimacy is not about just God loving on you. But it's about God taking you through the process. Chosen intimacy is not about just you trying to get, you know, deliverance out of everything. And everything about your life is good. Joseph refused to take credit for himself. But not just that. He recognized that he was the chosen one. Of all his siblings. I don't know how many siblings you have. But I came to announce to you. If you will believe in this God I have called you, you are walking as the chosen one. You see, to be chosen is to be elected for a purpose. Isaiah 43 verses 21, it says that the people, God says here, that the people I form for myself would declare my praise. To be chosen is to be what? Elected for what? A purpose. And not just a purpose, but to be sent is to acknowledge that the one that have called you and his purpose is for sure. Hallelujah. To acknowledge that his purpose concerning you is yes and amen. amen. Let me show you something. Go to John, 1 John chapter 4 verses 14 and 15. He says, 1 John chapter 4 verses 14 and 15. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son and a Savior of the world. The Father has what? Sent. Not until we come to the realization that we have all been sent. If you know that you have been sent, then you avail yourself for God. To walk you through the process. And those who know that he has been sent. The Bible says in verse 15. Whosoever confess that Jesus is the son of God. God abides in him. And he in what? God. Chosen for intimacy. When you recognize that he is the one that has chosen you. And has sent you. Guess what happens? God now takes rulership over you. God now lives in you. 
and you in him. He ordered the steps of the righteous. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He said, you shall walk through the fire, but it will not consume you. Why? Because the moment you get on the road path of intimacy as the chosen one, the Lord says, now I am yours. You have everything of him belongs to you. Hallelujah. The last point I want to bring across is desiring for intimacy. John chapter 15. Let's go there briefly before I come to a close. John chapter 15, verses 12. It says, For this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. I repeat, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have what? Loved you. Jesus is now giving us the ultimate standard. And he's speaking to us about his standard. We don't love one another based on how we choose. But we base it on the standard of Jesus. His love for you and I is dependent on how he loved us. Our love for our brothers and sisters is dependent on how he loved us. There is only one standard. And he says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servant. For a servant does not call, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. Did you get it here? He says, I call you friend. Because in the company of that friendship, there is intimacy. There is fellowship. You know that the deep and secret things, you don't lie from your friends. You tell your friends everything. But there is a friend that is better than any other friend. Joseph, his own brothers, sold him to slavery. But there is a friend who set the, the, the template of all template. He laid down his life for you. Not because of anything that you did. But he laid down his life for you. And he says that, but I have called you friends for all things I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should what? Remain. 
But whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. You have been chosen to demonstrate the love of Jesus to the nations. Your love is not dependent on how you feel, but it's based on the standard of the Father. It is the love that is willing to go to the, to, to the, to the ultimate end, laying down his life for us. Chosen for intimacy is loving one another. Two, it's abiding in Christ Jesus. Three, it's sustaining and being consistent in him. Hear this. It says that in verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Not just bear fruit. But when you bear those fruits, those fruits will remain. We are in time that we need to see that remaining fruits. Our fruit should not be based on the season. Our love to God should not be based on what we feel like. What he's saying to us today, this morning, is that if we can Manifest the love of his. Loving the father. And loving our others, our brothers and sisters. The greatest command is love. Now what makes the chosen intimacy a man of greatness? Is that they are guaranteed that this love would never fail them. You didn't get to me. I'm ending here. But one of the things about Joseph, he never compromised because he knew that God will never fail him. He saw the love of God so superior that even as a slave, he was not moved by being a slave. Even in prison, he was not shaken by being a prisoner. Because he knew that the love of God was far beyond what he can even imagine. Can you believe in God's love? Can you believe that he loves you? He loves you no matter what you may be going through. He loves you no matter what you may be going through. Can you believe that his love is more than what you can comprehend? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, it is so high, so deep, and so wide. Ah, I wish somebody knew something I'm talking about here. That this love is more than what your father, your mother can give to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were David, Joseph's father, the Bible says, Joseph's father loved him. But the father's love could not keep him out of slavery. The father's love could not help him in prison. But what kept him in prison was the love of the Father in heaven. What will keep you is the love. Don't look at the love that man can give to you. But look at the love that laid down its crown, its power, its authority for you and I. 
There is a love. There is a love. You have been chosen for this love. You have been chosen to work in this love. Your marriage will become a glorious marriage if the marriage is built in this love. Ah, your children will come to know that there is no other but this love. Even when they go on their own marriage, the love will bring them back in. Ah, I said the love will pull them back in. I don't know about you, but that is my story. Where the love found me. When I was messed up and crooked, the love said, I'm not going to leave you here. The love said, I'm not going to leave you here. Yesterday, someone called me because I wished one of my daughters happy birthday. And I prayed over that person's life. And the person said, Pastor, this is a daughter of mine years ago. Haven't you heard that this person They don't want to believe in Jesus anymore. And you are praying for this person. I said, man can change. But God never change. The only thing I have is his love. And that love will never lose her. That love will find her in the pit of whatever she is. But you see, for many of us, we have become accustomed to loving only to when everything is well. But to be a chosen generation, you don't love because now everything is good. But when all things are not good, love got to speak. When everybody has rejected you, love has to speak. When nobody wants to help you, love has to speak. When all you hear is negative negatives, love has to speak. When you are going through your slavery moment, love is still at work. If you can just keep abiding in him, believing that Jesus is the son of God. If you can believe in him, that love, that love, that love, that the father had for his son. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What the, the world can never stand against is the love of the father. Because when that love came into this world, it canceled every debt. You didn't get to me here. When the love came, every debt that you and I owe was canceled. Every burden that we carried was lifted up. The love came to heal our diseases. The love came to rescue us. It is all about you and I. Abiding in this love. Acknowledging the existence of this love. That we shall see that this love never fails. Rise on your feet. And just lift up your voice of prayer. Lift up your voice of prayer. It is the love of Jesus. 
It is the love of Jesus. That love that found Saul on the crossroads to Damascus. That Saul became an apostle of Christ. Let this love speak in your life this very moment. Say, Father, please fill my heart with this love. Fill me up with this love. I want to know you more, oh God. Let there be a desire to know him more. I want to know you more, Lord. Above all things, I want to know you more. I seek not of my own, but I seek after you. I seek not of my own, but I seek after you. In the name of Jesus. I want to love you more. I want to walk in your love. Ah, my God. In Jesus' name. The word of the Lord says, and I read this and I'm about to pray with you. Jeremiah 31 verses 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, You have loved, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I spoke about this last.